This is the Permaculture Podcast. I'm Scott Mann. Today I'm joined by Rob Avis and Dakota Cohen, two Canadian permaculture designers and teachers who, by working together, created a systemized approach to permaculture and landscape design. This process, called the Adaptive Habitat Program, reduces drudgery and simplifies complexity by using the best information and techniques currently available from permaculture and related disciplines. To understand their process, they lead us through the problems they identified and the five steps that take us from understanding and clarifying our vision through to incremental implementation and managing your resources. Enjoy this conversation with Rob and Dakota, and I'll join you again after. Then Rob, Dakota, thank you both for joining me today for this conversation to learn more about the work that you're doing to help make design and technology more accessible. As we get started, could you give us a bit of an idea of what you're doing to get people involved and connected? Yeah, thanks, Scott. And um, Dakota, I'll, uh, I'll let you take this in a few seconds here, but I'll just give my, uh, my two cents on it. So sure. we've, uh, I've been teaching permaculture for the last 10 years, and prior to that, uh, was working in the oil and gas industry as a design engineer, bring, designing pipelines and oil and gas facilities. And over the years, teaching permaculture, it's, it's, it's large, it's vast as a design system. And um, having observed students over that decade and been doing my own design projects, really started to recognize the need for a process. And so Dakota and I crossed paths in that last decade. And uh, Dakota is probably one of the most brilliant farmers I've ever met. And through hundreds of hours of conversation and, and a multitude of projects that we cooperated on, we started to recognize that there was a very strong process and pattern that could be followed in a replicable way to guarantee success on the back end of that. And so over the last two years, we've been specifically putting all of our energy into the creation of what we call the Adaptive Habitat Land Design Program, which is our best thinking. And uh, what's really great about it is that we've built it in a way that's completely open source so that anybody can get access to it. And so it's basically a plug-in that fits on the back end of a permaculture design course that allows you to categorize and organize your information in a way that will produce sustainable and resilient human habitat, both from a agroecology and farming perspective, but also all the way down to an individual or urban homestead and everything in between. Dakota, do you want to add anything to that? I think the you know for me that my my background growing up on a mixed organic farm and there's kind of two problems that that Rob and I, well, the first problem that I started to to notice ever since I was a, a child that was, you know, one of the biggest obstacles to people adopting kind of organic type agriculture and because I'd never heard of permaculture until about six years ago. But the the biggest problem was uh, was drudgery, which, you know, for folks who've never heard of that term before, it's the, the drudgery is is this concept of a, a task that is laborious and futile. And I really can't think of a better word to describe most of what happens in agriculture today. You know, for that reason, that was the reason why people went away from, you know, small scale traditional agriculture to the large scale kind of industrial agriculture model that we're facing today, because we were able to offset that drudgery, that laborious, futile work to technology and and fossil fuels and and machines. So for me, the drudgery was what drew me into permaculture because as a, as a design system, you can eliminate work through the placement of elements within a system. But as soon as you try to start doing that, there's another problem that pops up, which is complexity. 
And it's unbelievably difficult to manage an ecosystem, which is also why people, I feel people have, have adopted the industrial agricultural model en masse because there's relatively low work and you don't have to think too much. And so there was kind of those two patterns that Rob and I started to notice over and over and over again on these different projects that we were we were consulting on. And and so all of the tools that, that we've, been, we've been developing for the five years have been to eliminate drudgery and eliminate complexity. So you're taking your experiences and what you were seeing and through this adaptive habitat program, creating a systematized approach to applying the design of permaculture to the landscape and to an individual lifestyle? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you can go even a step further than that as well. And um, I mean, this is a this is a system of approach that even consultants can take as well. So if you're coming out of the back end of a, a permaculture design course, this is the kind of systematized process that that a consultant would follow. And so all three of those, I think, absolutely. And in taking this approach, why did you choose to make this an open source product and project? As permaculturists, we're everybody's well aware of the the problems that we're we're facing as a as a species right now. And Rob and I really, you know, we've we've gone down all those rabbit holes and and things aren't looking too great right now. And so our our hope was that is that the any of the tools and and processes that that we that we were able to develop through our consulting work, we wanted to keep them open source so that that everybody had access to them, so that there was you know no matter what you know financial position you were in you could pick up these tools and start using them to make a move in the, in the right direction. That being said, you know, this is, this is very much, you know, part of our, our, our income stream. And, and so we've, you know, we, we do offer paid programs, but all of the, the tools and processes that we use in the paid course are available for free. And so if you, if you want to, you know, go and watch, you know, thousands of hours of, of free YouTube videos and, and all the stuff that Rob and I put out there so far, you can totally figure this stuff out yourself and you can start addressing these problems in your own backyard, which is, that's the, the prime directive of permaculture is, is to, is to get your home and garden in order. And we want these tools to be available to everybody. I think I'll just add into that a little bit that as we move into the 21st century and, and, and we're now kind of rounding out close to two decades of, of internet, the liability that we face right now, or the, the problem space that we face right now is not one of information. So when I got into permaculture, I found it really difficult to to find information on permaculture. I mean, I ended up having to take a live permaculture design course because I just couldn't find anything on Wikipedia other than really difficult to understand articles, probably from, you know, practitioners that have been practicing for a long time. and They just didn't make any sense to me. And so we are now finding ourselves in a completely different pro- problem space, one that's not based in scarcity, which is what I was just describing, one that's actually based in abundance. And what I mean by that is that lack of information is no longer the critical factor. And so this program aims to help to deal with that abundance thing. So I'll give you an example of this. Kodak, when when you first were taking photos 15 years ago, you had to be careful about what photo you took because you had to pay for the film and you had to pay for the development. Now you take a photo and it takes six and it saves them in four different locations. And so managing the sheer volume of information is, has become really challenging. And so information is trending towards zero in terms of value, whereas actually helping and guiding people through and, and helping them to make decisions about what information to consume at the right time is now the problem space that we find ourselves in. And so this tool aims to help people to make those decisions about 
what information to consume. And if they don't want, as Dakota said, to go through the thousands and thousands of hours of, of information that now exists and growing exponentially every single day, that's where there's kind of a back-end um, opportunity to kind of get straight to the signal and avoid the noise. Further streamlining this for anyone who's interested in, after having that first nibble to take a deeper bite and dive deep into it. Absolutely. Yep. And that's one of the places where I always find that working with professionals or other people who've been doing this for a long time, we can shortcut our way to get to the information that we need as we try to filter through so much information. And it's kind of sitting in this seat as the host of the show after all these years and why I was interested in having this conversation with you is that it's a matter now of curating what information is available to make it accessible to people, to filter out all those pieces that aren't necessary for what their particular interest is. And I know that I went through years of developing my questionnaire when sitting down with a client, with getting the skills together for when I walk onto a site, to not start designing when I first walk on, but instead to just be taking in and to be listening to what my client has in mind, or even just, you know, sitting down and trying to articulate what is possible with permaculture with friends and family. And it sounds like what you're doing, both in open sourcing this for anyone who wants access to it, as well as through coaching, mentoring, and teaching, is providing all of those things that you've struggled with for years and so many others within the permaculture community have worked through for decades to finally make available. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the big insight that Dakota and I've had over all the work we've done together and, and the piece that kind of gets to the, the core of the opportunity is, is essentially kind of combining some tools that have been thrown around for a while by lots of people. So specifically Alan Savory's holistic management concepts in, in decision making and understanding people's values and vision, as well as a very deep understanding of, of how to perform a, an effective diagnosis. And that's really what, when you, when you download this tool, when you get your first contour map from contourmapgenerator.com, and then you get access to our design tool, which operates in Google Earth Pro, the majority of the time, and you could actually summarize it all up into diagnosis, because I mean, what is understanding your goal set as, as an individual or as, as a professional trying to understand goals of a client, you can really summarize both of those things down into diagnosing. And so in the same way that if you were to hurt yourself wakeboarding, let's say, and, and you happen to be one of these kind of WebMD junkies and you go online and try and figure out what actually went wrong with your knee and you, you determine based on WebMD that you tore an ACL and MCL ligament in your knee and you go to the doctor the next day and say, yeah, doc, I tore my MCL and ACL. I want you to do surgery on me today to fix it up. The doctor will laugh at you and say, well, no, there's no way I'm going to fix those ligaments. I'm going to go through a proper diagnostic process. And I feel like in the permaculture design course, the way that it's currently being taught, there's not there's enough not emphasis enough. placed on doing a proper diagnostic. And I think Gandhi said that the diagnosis is, uh, what is it, Dakota, 80% of the remedy or four-fifths of the remedy, something like that. There's a quote that he has um, yeah. on that whole thing. And so what we've done is we've tried to create the right steps in the process that facilitate an effective diagnosis. And time and time again, what Dakota and I find is that if you do enough work on the front end, on that diagnostic piece, the design kind of magically emerges almost from the ashes, in a sense, it just kind of shows up in front of you. So that's what the whole 20 years of engineering and, and four generations of farming that you know Dakota's family has been involved in, and, and kind of all the conversations have, have kind of led to this hyper-importance of 
spending a lot of time on that diagnostic piece in the design. Can you walk us through what that diagnostic approach looks like within the context of this system that you've developed? So just feeding off of what, what Rob was, was talking about in, in the problem of abundance, you know, there's this great quote that from, from Bill, and he says that any system oversupplied with, with energy goes into chaos. And so, you know, that's what's happening right now with, with YouTube and, and, and all these, like, there's just so much information out there. And, and, and so like, you know, information overload and being worn out from too many crazy ideas is, is, or two other major problems that, that people are facing. And, and really the, the solution that we've found for, for this, as Rob says, comes through the diagnosis, but the, the diagnosis really is about a process of elimination. There's this other great quote from Michelangelo when uh, when the Pope asked Michelangelo how he created the sculpture of David, which is his masterpiece. Uh, Michelangelo said, "It was simple. I just cut away everything that wasn't David." And so this this diagnosis approach, and that's actually step two of our five step process. The first step is is clarifying what your vision and values are, what your goals are, which as Rob was saying, that that's, we've leaned heavily on holistic management and the incredible process that they use there. But that's the first half of the the slab of rock that we need to to cut away before we can reveal that, that design that's going to fit on a property is what do you actually want? Which is funny that at least in, you know, the, the first permaculture courses that I took, there wasn't a lot of conversation around goal articulation at least on a, on a, on a deep level, like there is in, in holistic management. So that, that's, that's the first side of, of that kind of Venn diagram is, is what's your vision and values. And then the other side of that uh, Venn diagram is looking at diagnosing your, your resources for their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats in relation to what your vision and values are. Because if, if you have, if you're, if you're diagnosing a property and one of the indicators is, oh, it's windy here, that's an observation. But that observation isn't actionable unless it's relative to what your goals are. And so if you are, are looking at a windy property, it might be the worst thing in the world if you're trying to grow an apple orchard because the wind stress on the trees will, will limit growth and production. But if your goal is to have a resilient form of, of off-grid energy, you know, that's backed by you know, solar and wind energy, a windy site might be perfectly aligned with your vision and values. And when you combine you know, what the, the strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats are for what your property is, or, and, and not just your property, it's your whole resources. And on the other side of that Venn diagram is what your goals are. Right in the middle is what Rob and I call the, the adaptive habitat. They're what your, what Wayne O'Berry has this quote that it's like, what, what will the land allow me to do here? And what will the land help me to do here? And that's how we find that, that sweet spot. And, and for folks who want to see a, a visual representation of that, one of the free tools that we've developed is a is a three-dimensional model of our process, which is our entire curriculum, that's represented by a pyramid. And that Venn diagram is on the top of that pyramid. And you mentioned five steps and that clarifying your vision is kind of the first of those. Can you walk us through what the other four are real quick, or at least label them and give us an idea what they are? So step one of our, our five-step process is, is to clarify your vision and values. And and the, the reason we're doing that is that because without... Is another great quote by Seneca that for he who has no port, no wind is favorable. So you really have to figure out what what that's all about. And then the second step is is diagnosing your resources, not just your property, but all your other forms of capital that you have available to you. You diagnose 
those resources for their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats in relation to what your stated goals are. Once you've done that, the next step in our process is to identify an overall design, you know, because there's going to be gaps in, in where your, your vision is, it's, that's in the future, and where your resources currently are. So that's like the present and the future. There's a gap in between those two things. And so we need to design the difference to start moving you towards that, that stated vision without sacrificing any of the, the core values that you have. So step three is is all about design, but and, and this is you know leaning heavily on holistic management is within holistic management there's this beautiful concept of always assuming that you're wrong. Again, that's that's another aspect that wasn't really uh, I I haven't found in a lot of of the permaculture literature is this idea of humility, and uh, so step four of our our process is to implement that design incrementally by testing your decisions against your vision and values. And there's a whole process that we go that go through there. And part of implement is also about trying to identify the critical path or the the weakest link or the lead domino that uh, you need to address first. Because if you've got this, the the design for for our property is it's going to take me the rest of my life and probably you know the lives of my children to to finish the design. And even then, it, it's it's going to keep going. Like there's there's so the sky's the limit, and so it's super overwhelming. It's like how do we actually implement this design that we've that we've come up with that leverages our resources and moves us towards our vision? Well, you have to have a, a strategy for that. And so that's what step four is about implementing that design. And step five of our process is managing and monitoring our resources to make sure that we actually are moving towards our vision without sacrificing our values. Again, this is another common pattern that we that we see in in my own life and uh, you know rob i know he's he's had experience like this too is we use the the ends to justify the means and you know martyrdom is a very common <laughs> approach to practicing permaculture and it doesn't work because nobody nobody wants to join your revolution if it sucks and so part of managing and monitoring our implementation process of our design that's addressing our weak links in relation to our vision and values is we need to have a really good process for day-to-day monitoring of the key indicators that are going to let us know whether we're going in the right direction so that we can course correct as quickly as possible. And those five steps are, we talk about them in a linear fashion, but there's a, another great icon that you can see on our website, or uh, if you go to the designsquiggle.com, there's this fantastic drawing of what the process of, of design looks like. And it's this rat's nest of a, of a squiggly line that goes around and around and around. And suddenly it starts to like even its way out as it moves forward towards the design and implementation phase. And, and that's what these five steps are about. It's, it's an iterative, cyclical, and ongoing process. Design is never finished. And our, our five-step process and the, the 3D model that we've, we've created is trying to integrate all these excellent frameworks and, and other processes that other people have developed you know, for the past 30 years into our hope is, is to make it as cohesive and congruent as possible so that it's it's a one-stop shop for for everything from goal setting to to addressing weak links to creating you know 30,000 foot designs or mainframe designs to implementing those designs and creating mon- monitoring metrics that will make sure that you're actually going to achieve that vision that you started out with while avoiding future type 1 errors and progress traps exactly 
so that you don't get stuck at any point along the way and can continue this iterative design process in a way that moves your design and project forward? You got it. And, and one of the other advantages of, of being open source is that we're actually saying, hey, guys, we're open to, to suggestions. Let's make this better. Let's evolve this as a community of people and, and continue to iterate that because we're not, you know, there's lots of brilliant minds out there that um, likely will have all sorts of great ideas on how this can be uh, improved. And for anybody who would like to learn more and get involved, where can they find all this information? So one of the things that we did that we think is pretty unique is that our entire tool runs on Google Earth Pro. And one of the first things that's really important in any good permaculture design, once you understand what your goals are, is understanding geomorphology. So the first step in getting access to this open source information is to go to contourmapgenerator.com. And from there, you can fly to anywhere on the world. You can delineate an area of land that you want a contour map generated and then it'll produce that contour map. You can then download it in a KMZ format, which then can be uploaded into Google Earth Pro. And then as a result of downloading that contour map, we will also send you our professional open source tools, which um, also fit within Google Earth Pro. And as long as you follow our stepwise approach, um, as Dakota laid out in the five steps, you will be well on your way to producing an incredible design, leveraging permaculture, engineering, organic farming, holistic management, and everything that we've basically decided is signal and not noise over, over the last uh, 20 years of, of working on these types of things. Well, thank you for that and for the introduction to your adaptive habitat process and system so that people can learn a bit more on their own and start to get involved. Is there anything else in the few minutes that we have left together today that you'd like to add to the conversation? Any additional resources you might point people to or thoughts that you'd like to leave them with? Absolutely. I think one of the quotes that that really guides this this whole process that and and all of all of the work that Rob and I do is there's a quote by by Bruce Mao he's a he's a Canadian architect he says that that process is more important than outcome when outcome drives the process we will only ever go to where we've already been but if process drives the outcome we may not know where we're going but we'll know we want to be there and so when i when when we when we look at you know the the current state of of the world and the various problems that we're we're facing we're letting our unconscious goals, which I would argue is is our, our goal as a species right now, whether it's conscious or unconscious, is is growth, primarily financial capital growth in the form of GDP. And that outcome is what's driving everything on our society right now. And it's, you know, the indicators of of that mindset are, are plain for anybody to see. And so Rob and I's approach was trying to come back at this and say, what's a process that we could develop that would lead us to where we where we wanted to go, even though we, we wouldn't have to know where that was going to be. And I think that's really the, the, the beauty of this and one of the reasons why we call it adaptive habitat is it's it's incredibly adaptive. We don't we don't have to know everything. There's another great quote is the the serenity prayer. It's kind of the, the another core principle of our course is that giving people the the serenity to accept the things they they cannot change, the courage to change the things they can, the wisdom to know the difference. That is what our process is so that we, we can move out of the, the current problem state that we're facing as a, as a species. We don't have to know where we're going. We just have to have a, have a stepwise approach that we can follow that we know will work. And from the, the last, you know, Rob's been doing this for, for over a decade now. I've been doing it for about six years. And we're seeing really good, really good examples of people taking this process and, and doing amazing things with it. 
and we're just super excited to to finally have some some decent tools and processes to share with with the the broader community at large that that we've learned so much from. And Rob, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I, I think Dakota kind of hit on that a little bit, but we've got to make this a lot more fun. We want to. We have to know that we want to be there. We can't be encouraging people into this space through fear. And the place that I find it really ironic right now that um, the amount of conversations I'm having around collapse with people is is very eye opening. It seems like it's becoming a, a common conversation on a day to day basis, which was not the case five years ago. And the ironic thing with these conversations is that we actually have all the solutions. There's no technical solutions that we need that haven't been already invented that that we don't have access to. We literally just need to get people to start taking control of their lives and and where those resources come from. And um, I mean, I think that's that's one of the primary reasons that we we opened this thing up is it doesn't matter if, if you're not wanting to hire us, just go out and take care of yourself and take care of the community around you and and if you do a good job of that, they'll take care of you. And if enough of us do that, the collapse conversation can disappear and we can continue living on this planet for as long as, as we can. And hopefully moving forward in a more harmonious way that allows all living creatures a space to thrive alongside humanity. Well, gentlemen, thank you for everything that you've shared with me today and for joining me to start this conversation, which I hope will be part of a larger series on your adaptive habitat design system. Thanks, Scott. Thanks so much for hosting, Scott. And that was Rob Avis and Dakota Cohen. Find out more about their work and start your journey with the Adaptive Habitat program at contourmapgenerator.com. You'll find a link to this, Google Earth Pro, and other resources, including my first interview with Rob about rainwater harvesting, in the show notes. As mentioned at the end, this interview is an introduction to this process. I'd like to have Rob and Dakota back on to dig deeper into each of the design steps and continue the conversation about how to codify and further the profession of permaculture design. To that end, if you have any questions for Rob, Dakota, or me, leave a comment in the notes for the show, and we can include your thoughts in future episodes. For the summer, I'm stepping back from social media and other online outlets to focus on some behind-the-scenes projects. So if you'd like to get in touch with me directly, the best way to do that, other than leaving a comment, is to drop something in the mail. The Permaculture Podcast. P.O. Box 16, Dauphin, Pennsylvania, 17018. Finally, if you enjoyed this conversation or any of the others in the archives and would like to help this work continue, consider becoming an ongoing supporter of the podcast at patreon.com slash permaculturepodcast or make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash permaculturepodcast or you can also Venmo at permaculturepodcast. Until the next time, Trust the process that brings your work into the world while taking care of Earth, yourself, and each other.